Welcome to Lincoln the Wealth. I'm your host, Akindale Akinyemi, the president and the CEO of the Global African Business Association. Tonight, we're going to talk about Lincoln the Wealth. That's right. We're going to have a conversation about the very title of this pro- of this program. I believe oftentimes that many of us, while we still have the same skin color, we forget that both African-Americans and Africans have different cultural norms. Both groups have been the victims of slavery and colonization, respectively. Both groups are victims of white folks' standard of beauty and religion. And even in the 21st century, we are victims of each other's ignorance towards one another. It really makes no sense for African-Americans not to be engaged in issues affecting the African diaspora. We can easily pull ourselves out of poverty if we develop a global economic ecosystem that will empower young entrepreneurs on both sides of the, of the Atlantic. It also does not make any sense for Africans or Caribbean folks to move into the United States and isolate themselves from African Americans. Imagine bringing African Caribbean based businesses into the U.S. to empower African Americans in places like Inkster, Detroit, and Ecorse. By the way, if you're looking for a nice home in Detroit, try areas like the University District or Sherwood Forest, Rosedale Park, East English Village, or Aviation Districts for Africans to invest and raise their families. You don't always have to move out to the suburbs, per se, to purchase a home because you feel safer around Indians or white people. If you want to feel safe in cities like Inkster and Detroit, then create an environment where it dictates the safety and security of our community. Now, I'm not saying that living in the suburbs is a, is a crime because it's not. But moving to the suburbs should not be the reason, uh, should not be the sole reason because you feel safer around a group of people that do not share the same skin color as you. Because I guarantee you this, those white folks, children, and grandchildren are moving back into the inner city and gentrifying it. So you need to be careful about your thought process when you go through things like this. Now listen, from my vantage point, it's crucial for African Americans and those in the African diaspora to begin working together on issues of economic empowerment between local urban communities like Detroit, Inkster, Newark, uh, Atlanta, to Accra, Lagos, Kingston, and Nairobi. The reason for this is because we have to start developing our own ecosystem of international business as it pertains to STEAM, cultural arts, agricultural technology, global education, microenterprises, and women empowerment. Arabs, Hispanics, Indians, and Asians understand how to leverage their economic dollars and power through effective public policies that will help empower their local communities and linking that wealth back to their home countries. For Africans and African-Americans and continental Africans, this is a foreign concept. Let's look at how this can be achieved. I will use the state of Michigan where I live as an example. We have unions here who train young people in apprenticeships to become welders and electricians. We also have young African immigrants who migrate here to the United States and attend school on an F-1 visa, which is known as a student visa. Can you imagine our African-American lawmakers Uh, stating the case for our African immigrants to help fill in the gaps in skilled labor with our unions, training a new generation of young adults, both African Caribbean and African American men and women, 
receiving the skills not only to survive here in the U.S., but to help rebuild new communities, but also can transfer those skills back home to Africa or to the Caribbean to help rebuild the infrastructure there as well. Linking cyber education from the U.S. to Africa to the Caribbean is vital for those who may not have the means to enter the U.S. and vice versa. Or how about linking venture capitalists from the continent to invest in STEM-related industries here in the local urban communities? Can you imagine First Independence Bank in Detroit doing training for GT Bank in Lagos, Nigeria? Or how about the Obuja Chamber of Commerce and Industry in the Best Center partnering with MIMS Motor Corporation, which is the first African-American-owned car manufacturer in over 100 years, uh, as well as launching a Best Center in Romulus, Michigan? The National Space Research and Development Agency is the National Space Agency of Nigeria. While we have so many African-American aerospace engineers who are weeded out by NASA here in the U.S., how come our Congressional Black Caucus members have not lobbied and worked on a bilateral agreement between the U.S. and the Federal Republic of Nigeria, where an exchange of information in STEM can help prepare both African-Americans and Africans to participate in the space industry? How many radio and television stations are owned and operated by African-Americans in Sub-Saharan Africa? Where is our Afrobeat station here in Michigan? We never pay attention to, to linking our resources between the African and Caribbean diaspora and African-Americans. We never truly focus on linking in wealth. Let me say that one more time. We never truly focus on linking the wealth. It's easy to have meetings with like minds, but like I tell my African-American brothers and sisters on the, our, our continent is larger than Ghana or South Africa. At the same time, I'm sharing with our continental African brothers and sisters that you do not always have to turn to the Chinese for infrastructural development when you have African-American engineering firms that have never been given an opportunity to develop a 21st century community in Africa. If you want African-Americans to be fully engaged in Africa and with Africans, then you have to engage the community without insults and put downs. A while ago, I called for a need for a transatlantic policy. Moving forward, this would be the core and fundamental domestic and foreign policy for the Global African Business Association. You should probably ask a lot of your African organizations, do they have a foreign policy set aside to execute? Here in GABA, we have that. In a global community, we need to shift our focus away from a local urban agenda to a more comprehensive transatlantic policy that is geared towards boosting local economic development here in the United States. I guarantee you the people who won their local, state, county, and federal races um, the other week and their primaries will never discuss how local cash-strapped communities can benefit from international trade with various African nations. A transatlantic policy must include international trade rooted in agriculture, technology, and education. For example, what the, while the theme of technology dominates any discussion on the digital revolution and the way it could transform Africa, we must not lose sight of its cultural aspects. A social Pan-African uh, Pan-Africanism existed even before the digital revolution through cross-border trade, but it was often hampered by unimaginative and rigid archaic laws. Today, digital technologies are helping young Africans forge a sense of cultural cohesion that can lead to wider continental integration. 
The connection here is this. States with a focus on digital technology can benefit with a sister state partnership with states in various African nations that are seeking to build new infrastructure. In addition, companies in various U.S. states, especially in local urban communities, can hire international students via OPT to help boost production and the overall business culture. Another transatlantic policy must come from the energy sector at the state and local levels of government. Currently, in both the U.S. and Sub-Saharan Africa, there is a great push for alternative energy resources. Imagine if cities like Inkster and Benton Harbor, Michigan, begin to produce solar panels, wind turbines, and eco-friendly systems that produce energy made here in Michigan, and are shipped out to nations where electricity is scarce. How much revenue would that be for both entities? Americans are working in creating a tax base for their cash-strapped communities, while Africans continue to expand the middle class in their respective local government units. Many states have an economic development corporation to act on behalf of the economic interests of a state. However, the state of Maryland is the only state in the United States that have created a sister state relationship with Ondo State Nigeria and Cross River State Nigeria in the past. While that relationship is not up and running, unfortunately, that's just one state out of 50, and that's totally unacceptable. Strategically, under a trans-African policy plan, we would need to incentivize economic integration and trade expansion at the state level for African economies. In addition, like the Federal African, African Growth Opportunity Act, which you guys know as AGOA, states should provide uh, preferential access to the state and local markets um, that can be um, beneficiary to various nations. Two-way trade between states and areas like Ghana and Nigeria, as well as Florida, Michigan, or Maryland could provide new accessible markets that can drive new industries like Nollywood or other African-based businesses into local communities. The role of the community college must play a role, a big role, in a transatlantic policy to develop a sustainable workforce and geoeconomic platform. The community college offer programs that can train both a domestic and international workforce. However, the community college can also help reshape K-12 or even in many cases, K-16 educational policies that would make local urban school districts more global, more sustainable, and better trained with international educators and students. In addition, administrators from community colleges can also train in the polytechnic schools abroad to not only help develop a new workforce, but to empower and train women for leadership roles. In addition, the advent of a global education school district or a career technical education school district is necessary to create economic development. Charter school models in the U.S. should not be looked upon as an evil, but as a model where Africans and American, Africans in America can invest in educational entrepreneurship, set up their own charter schools with an international focus, teaching foreign language immersion programs and vocational programs with a partnership with the community college. Africans in America should not engage in the local debate over traditional public schools versus charter schools, but use charters as an independent school district a model of empowerment for our community both here and abroad. Women, African women, must be included in any transatlantic policy where African women 
let me put let me just rephrase that. <laughs> Women in the African diaspora must be included in any transatlantic policy because the role of women is vital in global business. U.S. state governments, as well as the federal government, should not engage in any trade or global business with African states or nations that are hostile towards the advancement of women in terms of education, gender rights, and access to financial stability. It is up to the states on both sides of the Atlantic to develop stronger incentives for women who engage in STEM, social entrepreneurship, environmental science, agribusiness, and allied health. Traditionally, African Americans have centered their public policies over social justice. Africans in America, as well as Caribbean nationals, have centered their public policies on immigration, which can be tied in with social justice, but not refugee policies per se. Can you believe in the 21st century, we still have African American communities that are apprehensive to African immigrants and refugees? Can you also believe in the 21st century that we still have some African American lawmakers who are not serious about linking the wealth between places like Michigan and Georgia and Texas and other places in the diaspora. With the teaching, cybersecurity, and nursing shortages in our local communities, we should be finding ways to hire African Caribbean immigrants and refugees to fill in these roles as well as African Americans. While we continue to find common ground in culture and fashion, when do we begin to link the wealth economically where our children will benefit six generations from now. You know, before I end this segment, I'd just like to uh, appreciate uh, the strong efforts of people like um, U.S. Congresswoman Karen Bass of California, U.S. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson-Lee of Houston, Texas, U.S. Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence of Southfield, Michigan, U.S. Congresswoman Frederica Wilson of Miami, U.S. Congresswoman Yvette Clark of Brooklyn, New York, U.S. Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey, uh, Michigan State Senator Erica Geis, who I work with closely on this whole issue of linking the wealth and empowering the entire diaspora. I also want to thank, and I was, I, there's several I can just think, thank for just their support. These are the ones that really stick out. We just hope that others will follow suit and begin to understand the dire need to link the wealth between African-Americans and the diaspora. So trust me, we have a lot of work to do. We need to work to bridge the gap. We can't allow external forces to divide us based on geography or our language. Once again, my name is Akindele Akinyami. I'm the president and CEO of the Global African Business Association. For more information, go to GABANetwork.com. That's our website, G-A-B-A-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com.